Three, two, one, go. Hey, it's Bibster Talks 2. Yes, we have fully rolled out the name, even though it has not changed on the website or on the Facebook group or any other stuff because Kyle's super lazy. Um, This week on Bibster Talks 2, I'm talking to Joe O'Rourke, right? Yes, possibly I said it right. Close. Close-ish. Um, you, uh, he is the owner and operator of uh, Like My Pedals, which is a pedal little pedal company, and we're going to get into all that. Joe, I want to introduce yourself to the listeners and kind of give us a little bit of uh, who you are. Hey, how's it going, guys? And, and Kyle, my my name is Joe O'Rourke. You got, we were pretty close there. Yes. Um, from like <laughs> like my pedals, uh, something I I just started doing for fun a little while ago was building some pedals, and then it just slowly you know blossomed into something awesome where I was starting to build for other people. Nice. Um. So you're let's kind of we always kind of get we get we do the quick kind of bio. Um. You know, obviously you don't. You're in so you, you're, you most people that get into building pedals are usually into music. What got you started into music? Oh man, it's been so long. My dad always wanted to play guitar growing up, so he bought me a guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, when I turned, I had to have been like 10 years old or nine years old, so I've been, I've been playing forever. Mm-hmm. But uh, the first like year or two, I had a guitar, I didn't really do anything, I kind of strummed on it like everyone does, you know, hit it notes here and there, and like stand in front of the mirror and try to look cool, but uh. I still do that. Was, yeah, <laughs> when when Nirvana came out with "Smells Like Teen Spirit," though that song, I learned it, and mm-hmm. that was like the beginning of me learning how to play guitar. I, I sat there and learned every note, learned all the the strumming parts, learned the guitar solo, everything, and that was really the first song I ever learned, and that was where it all started from for me wanting to you know play guitar, play guitar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not just stand for a mirror and look cool, even though I, yeah, nothing's wrong with that. I, I really, <laughs> I didn't look cool. Yeah, you're <laughs> like I've. I've watched uh, I've watched our church's live streams. I know I also don't look cool. I just have a giant bald spot. That's what I've that's what I've that's what oh, I'm yeah. taking away. I'm like, oh man, oh man. Yeah. <laughs> so my my dad did give me a guitar. He also gave me a receding hairline, which I got to thank him for one of these days. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, I I'm very appreciative of that. Like I it was like I think there was a couple weeks ago I was playing and I wanted to see you know I wasn't trying to be like oh here I sound I'm like I wonder how it sounds in the mix because you know how it is as a guitar player you. You think you got your tone kind of figured out, and then you hear it in the mix, and you're like, oh, that doesn't sound anything like it. And so I'm watching it, and then like I looked down at my pedal board for a second, and all I saw was just like straight up like, yep, there's like no hair on the top of my head anymore. It's gone. Like there's hints of it. It looks like it's there, but you look down, and it tells the world, I should wear a hat all the time. <laughs> yes, I, I mean – Luckily, the the church because I play at church also they mm-hmm. they've let me start wearing a hat lately oh. because uh, I was like man I feel so much more comfortable wearing a hat because I wear in every other you know aspect of my life and area of my life I wear a hat it's just kind of something I've always done mm-hmm. so uh, when I I'd watch back the live stream to check out the mix also <laughs> it was except for I'd always just fast forward right to the offering groove and see what like how the guitar solo sounded that I was playing over it but <laughs> that's the whole. <laughs> Oh, another thing. But luckily, the guy who stands next to me on stage is a percussion guy, and he's completely bald. Shaves he shaves his head bald, so he kind of like you know distracts a little from me. Yeah, that's what I've I've essentially told. I mean, I've told my wife that I'm like it's I'm I'm a year or two off from having to have a shaved head or something because I'm like it's it's getting worse. Like it used to be like it could be like a few inches long, and then you would start to notice the bald spot. Now it's like it's just over a buzz cut, and it's clear as day, like right down the middle there it is it's all gone welcome to being 30 do you have a, a nice big beard though oh i do have a nice big beard i i mean it's oh, well i shaved head excuse me look cool except ex- 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 excuse me when i say nice big beard i'm a straight up neck beard because as the jacksons which is my last name we can't pull off a mustache because my dad and my uncle have both tried it um 
my dad's uh, 80s mustache was probably would not allow him to be near schools nowadays. Um, <laughs> so my mustache isn't growing. So that's that has to that cannot I got to shave that off. And then basically around my cheeks is so patchy. I would look like Joe Dirt. So most of that's gone. But then, you know, it's it's quite big there. So it keeps, you know, it looks at least like I can have some manliness to my balding head and no mustache. <laughs> Yeah, I got I got your typical Irish beard where it's it's the nice chin strap like with the pork chops that oh, grow yes. out and then the neck beard of course. Mm-hmm. But for some reason my mustache will not connect to my beard and it drives me insane. That, it's another one of those mm-hmm. those We're, things that I'm just I, like, come on. We are basically <laughs> the same. My the only way I could get my mustache to get close is it would just get really really long and then just be like in my mouth all the Exa- time. Exactly. And I'm like, Stop the stupid. Ugh! So then I'd shave it yeah, off it and then the problem it is curls right up into your mouth. The problem that I have is so I did that right before our youth camp and. um Ladies and gentlemen, we told you we were going to go on tangents before this. We'll get to pedals at some point. Don't worry. Um, we went to our youth camp, and I had just so like normally I would kind of let everything just kind of grow, and I had just shaved off all of the like hair that really doesn't know how to grow. So I'd looked. I showed up and I was playing guitar at the at the worship thing, and I had a kid come up to me afterwards. He goes, "Are you related?" Um, oh my gosh, why can't I think of the guy's name right now? Oh, I should know it. Um, wait a minute. This is this is riveting. Um, he's like, are you related to Luke Combs? And I'm like, no. Why? He's like, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, I'm sure. And if you follow me on Facebook, you'll see there's a picture where like their youth leader literally goes, you can't deny this. And he put a picture of the two of us side by side. And I'm like, oh, yeah, we could be twins. Huh. Like, And so then, of course, like they're, they're, these, these youth guys are like, well, can I get a picture so I can tell my friends I met Luke Combs? And I'm like, you know, this is lying at church camp, but I'm totally down for this. Yes. <laughs> So now it's turned into yeah, that. I'm the same way. Oh yeah, I'm like I'm like I because I, I didn't know who he was. Actually, it was my wife as a teacher had a student go. Your husband looks like him, and I'm like I do. And then I looked, I'm like, oh yeah, oh crap. <laughs> but yeah, so I don't think I look like anyone anyone famous really. And now that I think about it, uh, I wish I did. No, yeah, I mean it was just it was it was the this is the first time in my life I've ever had because as a bigger dude. There's not many except for like I have like John Candy and Chris Farley to like look for, like to be lookalikes <laughs> of. So now that there's like a relevant person that basically looks like me, I'm like, oh man, I, I finally have the person yeah. I kind of look like. <laughs> I I guess I kind of look like the Alton Brown from the Food Network, except for like before he went on the diet when he was still kind of chubby. Mm-hmm. That's, that's that's what I look like. Ah ah. See, we all have our it's all of our famous doppelgangers. Okay, so back to like exactly. my pedals. <laughs> Um, yes. So let's, let's we, get back on topic. You, you've been listening to Beard Talk. Beard Talk. Beard Talk. I wanted to do a Beard Talk podcast. It'd be so great. Just talk about all the struggles of a beard, like it being everywhere, like being like, "Is this my beard?" Oh yeah, it is. <laughs> but uh, so you, it, did you, you got started? Was it just something you wanted to kind of build your own pedals? You to kind of tweak, or, or were you doing? I mean, most some of the other pedal builders I've talked to, they usually start with mods. Is that where you started with your tinker uh, out on them? I actually loathe modding things. I don't know what it is, but I've, I've, tr- I mean, I can do them, but I just always get so nervous that I'm going to screw something up and then I'm not going to be able to fix it. And mm-hmm. I hate being on the line for like a mod or like a rehouse type thing. I'm, I mean, I'll do them, but it's not, it's not really my thing. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I, I got, I'm like every other church player, you know, you get the gigantic pedal board that, cause it's part of what comes along with the territory. Oh yes. And, uh, after a while, I kind of got tired of just dropping money on or trading things nonstop to kind of try to find the sound I want. I'm like, every week I was like, ah, oh, I got to buy a new pedal or I got to try to find someone to trade this pedal. And okay, mm-hmm. I got this one now and it still doesn't do what I want to do. And you know, you, you know that, that feeling that you oh, get yeah. where you just want something new all the time. You're gassing super hard. Mm-hmm. Gassing so, like a uh, champ. 
<laughs> I, I decided one time I got this one. It was a clone that someone else had made, and I got it as part of a trade. And I opened it up just to kind of take a look at what goes into like it on the inside. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this really isn't that hard. I was, I can, I know I can do this. Like, mm-hmm. um, by by day job, I'm I'm a contractor, so I'm actually a solar contractor. So I mean, I can build utility scale electric systems. I'm like, there's no way I can't build a guitar pedal. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, me. they're not that. I mean, there's nothing against pedal builders. They're there's comp there's are complicated, but not quite as complicated as a solar panel. Like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. we we built an entire parking garage that was two megawatts that like you know, was covered parking, and then you know it fed back into the grid, and mm-hmm. you know massive an inverter the size of like a, a walking uh, refrigerator at a restaurant. So I mean, you know, I've, I've fairly comfortable working around electronics and electricity in general so i was like you know i, I i'm gonna i'm gonna figure this out so mm-hmm. i did what what any normal person would do and just went to google and started googling how to build pedals mm-hmm. and uh it leads you down some wormholes youtube videos um it's a couple of really good informational sites that just kind of give you like the basics of what goes into it you know what true bypass is you know a lot of people hear that term all the time thrown around but they don't actually know what it means mm-hmm. so i was like that's one thing i learned what it means then i you know learned you know about uh well, why does a pedal pop or what makes an led brighter or darker or you know what makes this pedal clip this way or how do you know that and then as you go deeper and deeper down the hole and start learning more and more you want to experiment so like, well, I got to order parts. Mm-hmm. So I uh, I start trying to source places to buy parts from. And, and like every other, you know, person would, I'd finding the cheapest stuff possible at first. So I'd go to Chinese websites and just, you know, order a bunch of stuff, get ordered half of it wrong because I didn't know what the heck I was doing in the beginning. I'm just mm-hmm. like, oh, this is a resistor, uh, you know, not realizing there's different value resistors or crazy. Talk. Uh, this is a capacitor. <laughs> didn't realize, you know, some of these are directional. Some of them have polarity. Uh, so, you know, you build a couple things that don't work right off the bat and you get kind of discouraged, but I, I'm not going to let this be me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, I, I just started, you know, running down the list of, I find something super easy to do. I, uh, you know, a clone of this or that, and I'd, I'd build it. Then I started like getting, you know, bored with the whole, just cloning stuff over and over and over again. Cause I got pretty good at it, uh, building these, these uh, schematics that were online or these like strip board layouts that were online. But I, you know, uh, I don't know if you ever heard this, but the word clone is a bad word apparently because oh, yeah. uh, people don't like that word. No, no. So, uh, although every single pedal is technically a clone of something else originally, cause it's kind of hard to be something completely unique anymore, but you can, you know, take the architecture that exists in different styles. Like, Hey, I want to build a, house but i want my house to look like this i wanted to have this floor layout i wanted to have you know uh, you know most people want this size bedroom and this size kitchen well i want this size bedroom and this size kitchen or i want you know this sink instead of this sink so you start playing around with the circuits and you kind of develop you know things that sound the way you want them to sound Mm -hmm. um the the breadboard is is just super fun because you can sit there and just pull and plug and pull and plug and you know you run like a scope in the background you kind of see like the waveform change and you kind of get just a visual idea of, of what you it's funny because like sometimes i don't even like play things and i know it's going to sound like it because i see how the waveform reacts and it's it's just kind of a, a fun cool thing that uh it's kind of like legos but like an electronics like lo- electronic legos I like that. Electronic Lake. I mean, it's a, it's a really yeah, good way to, that's a, I mean, from the, and I've done very little research into like doing stuff to pedals. Like basically it was at one point I ended up finding a, a spare DS one at church. Like literally we were cleaning stuff out and they were like, Hey, who's this pedal? And I was like trying to think of the, like the past guitar players, like who would have like left that there. 
And I'm like, I don't know. They're like, well, do you want it? I'm like, sure. And I was going to mod it, and then I ended up just sending it off to get modded because I was in the same boat as you where I'm like, Ugh, I, I don't know if I want to just start like attacking this thing because it technically works now, and the odds of me attacking it and it working in the end are slim to none, said a guy who's up until like two months ago was a mechanic. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> so it's like, Ugh, this is bad. Like my soldering skills are on like heavy on like car wiring. So I just like burn it till it melts. Like, Ugh. but yeah. yeah, so that's, that's kind of cool. So you kind of got going on, you know, kind of doing some stuff for yourself, kind of figuring out the scheme of it. When did you start kind of, was it just when people started seeing and playing them out or was it like, how did people was- start to notice what you were doing? It was the DeWalt pedal. Like I had an old tool, like a little DeWalt drill bit case. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I bet this would be like a cool pedal because it's about the right size for it. And like, you know, it's it's uh, got the bracing inside to hold the bits up, but it actually works good for like the bracing. So if you step on it, it doesn't just crush under your feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was one of the things I, I started doing was like, hey, let me let me play with this and i had like eight or nine of them i messed up a few of them trying to get like the the spacing perfect for everything drilled in it because it's kind of a, a funky box to drill in but mm-hmm. I, I built like a dual overdrive into one of them and i just posted it in one of the gear groups that are on on uh, facebook and mm-hmm. um i decided at that point i better start a page because everyone just kept asking me oh can you make me one of these can you make me one of these or can you make one for a present for my dad so mm-hmm. i uh i started my page and it became my banner and like instantly i had like six or 700 followers within like a day. And I was like, holy crap. Mm-hmm. I didn't like expect this at all. I was just building something fun for myself. And uh, then I started getting, you know, people like said, oh man, I really like what you do with this one. Uh, post some of your other builds. So I start just posting random pictures and, um, you know, pedals. And they were just basic. I'd take an aluminum enclosure. I'd drill it out. I'd just, I'd paint everything in house, um, you know, mm-hmm. all that kind of good stuff. And then I'd handwrite on them, you know, like labels for the controls. And I just post the pictures up. And then, People would ask me, hey, uh, what would you charge me for this? Or what would you charge me for this? So um, through that, I just started saying, okay, well, I guess I do it for this price. I, I guess I could do it for this price. And then I'd be like, what do you want? And uh, it, it turned into the fact since I never started in the very beginning with just building like a model over and over again, I never got into that. I just always did custom where people would tell me what they wanted. And then I'd build it exactly the way they wanted it instead mm-hmm. of like, you know, I build this pedal, you buy it off the shelf and it's exactly like, it's this color, it's this finish and so on and so forth. No, my, my big thing was just give people exactly what they want. That way they want to keep, but they don't want to flip the pedal later because it's the exact pedal they've always wanted. That's a good point. That's a really good way to look at it because I mean, obviously being in the gear world, you know, the, the pedal, the pedal, pedal flipping market is, is huge, you know, where it's like, oh, I bought it. I don't like it. I sell. And the problem is it's, yeah, there's the market there, but you always end up losing. You know, it's like very few pedals. I mean, there's a few like gems out there that, you know, and they're, they're not normal pedals, but normally it's like, well, I can always flip it. And you're like, yeah, but you know what I mean? And I know people are like, oh, I, you know, successful in that sort of, but I'm always like, I always, my thought is always when if I had to get rid of gear, like I'm going to be losing value on it and I'm not like, so might as well just keep it. You know, my, I've always thought I was like, might as well keep it and use it unless I absolutely hate it. But yeah, so for, so how's that work for you? Are you still in that like kind of one off? Are you, did you kind of modify that into doing runs like as well, of today? Uh, about like maybe, I think it was maybe a month ago. It's probably about four weeks because I'm just now getting out the first batch and I was trying to say between four to six weeks, but uh, I decided I would do some limited edition runs, you know, through designing for other people because a lot of times when people get custom artwork they just give me an idea of what they want but they don't 
send me a picture. So they're like, hey, uh, I kind of like this theme. Can you just design some stuff around that? Mm-hmm. So so what I'll end up doing is I'll, I'll design a bunch of designs and send them over like, you know, 10 to 15 different choices and they'll pick one. But I'll, then I'll still have, you know, the other 14 choices sitting along, sitting here waiting. Mm-hmm. And some of them are ones that I fall in love with where they're like, man, I love this art. This art's amazing. I want to I want to use this, but I don't just want to, you know put it on just anything random so what i decided to do was do like some limited edition runs where i'll build 10 of one pedal with a certain artwork on it and that's the only 10 of it i'm ever going to build i'm like like right now i have one that's uh, my wells delay mm-hmm. which is an an- analog voice delay and i do it in a single size box so it's like the same size as like any of the jhs single pedals or like the mx well it's a little bigger than the mxrs but it's that 125 size case but it's got a tap tempo um, subdivisions and it's a it's an analog style like our analog voice delay and um what i did was the artwork for it is um moby the white whale but i call it the white wells and, and it's you know moby dick coming up trying to eat the boat that's the captain ahab boat on the top i don't know just something about a delay seems right with the deep ocean there's something mm-hmm. in my mind just makes that seem like it matches oh yeah. i don't know what it is oh and it looks i'm looking at a picture right now i'm, I'm totally creeping on your instagram probably noticing as i'm liking old pictures um but uh yeah, that is super cool looking. Um, I'll put there'll be links in the description uh, to your Instagram, so that way, if you're listening now and you're like, I want to see a picture of that, just click the link in the description and you can conveniently look at it while we're talking. But yeah, that is cool. Nice. Like, that's a really neat. Yeah. Like, so yeah, the but, wells I should be finishing up in about two weeks. All of them. I had a slight problem with my boards. I I, I started making my own uh my own printed circuit boards. I I got I finally. I finally took the time to learn the software. I was doing everything by hand, cutting my own strip boards and designing my own everything on strip board. And that has been so time consuming and eats up a lot of energy and a lot of resource. And I can't really put out very many pedals because of the fact that, you know, it's, it's really just labor intensive to do it that way. So Mm -hmm. I decided I'd finally buckle down and learn how to use the PCB design software, which is, it's a CAD based program, Mm -hmm. uh, which, so what I did is I learned that now and I'm, I'm basically designing my own printed circuit boards and sending them off to get manufactured and they come back to me. But my wells, I don't know what I did. Uh, somehow in the, in the thing, instead of like jumping one wire, like one line in the schematic over another, I made them like a, basically be a junction. So I get it back and I build the first prototype one and I go to plug it in and it sounds perfect and everything works perfect, but the LED tempo doesn't flash. And I'm like, so I grounded the LED by accident. Oh. So I had to reorder. I had to reorder those boards, and then the boards just came back a couple of days ago, and now they're working perfectly fine. So that one was about about a week beyond where I wanted to originally have them done. But the uh, the dual overdrive, which is the duck the duck hunt and dual overdrive, mm-hmm. it's got a artwork from the original old duck hunt video game, and it, it they came out great. I just finished the first one tonight, um, and the rest of them should be done by this weekend, which hopefully will make a bunch of people happy because I got ten people waiting on those to come out too. That's cool. And again, I'm looking at that picture right now. That is, that is like, and so that you're kind of, is that kind of your new, your kind of thing? Cause I mean, I'm sure it's, it's probably hard. I mean, doing the one-offs, you know, it's kind of like you're doing one, focusing on one thing, sending someone like 10 designs versus going with one design, getting 10 people to kind of come on board with it, which I'm sure probably doesn't take too long with the quality of stuff you have. And now that you're starting to kind of make a name for yourself. Now, we were talking before. This is still like this is your like side deal, right? I mean, this is this is not your you yeah, have yeah. a regular eight to five. Yeah. I'm oh. time and eight to five is generous. It's more like seven to six thirty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's on a good day. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
But uh, I, I don't ever want to lose the custom shop aspect. Uh, it's funny because the one thing people tell me more, I was like, you should charge more money. And I'm like, I don't want to charge a lot more money. It's like not really my thing. My thing isn't like to make this something where it's, it's just for the elite. It's something for everybody. You know, if it, if it can pay for the materials and cover the time spent on it, that that's what really matters. And I can make them look cool. And I can have this cool portfolio of, of art and these these pieces that people love and, and hold on to. Um, one of my... my follows on reverb forces like my pedals just to see if any of them pop up there ever and uh every once in a while one will but you know i'm you know it's not like the other pedal companies where you know there's 400 tube screamers listed a day or there's oh yeah you know the so-and-so number of this i mean i know there's less of them out there but the turnover rate's very low people actually seem to hold on to them which is kind of nice um a lot of times the ones i see on there are the older ones that were before i started doing they were the kind of the just the plain looking ones mm-hmm yeah, just kind of the basic, some of your more basic designs versus like the stuff. If you go on, if you're going the, if you go on his Instagram, you're gonna see kind of what it means. Like all the new stuff is like this artwork that's like how the crap did you do that for one pedal and not charge like a b- a bajillion dollars? Um, you know, yeah, my my custom art fee is fifteen dollars. So like, yeah, that's if, uh, if you know if you get the pedal, it's just fifteen dollars extra, and we'll we'll create art for you, whatever yeah. you want, and I'll get it on the pedal. We'll, uh, we'll, I mean, I've had people that send me pictures of like their families, like a guy with his kids, and he's like. Yeah, I sold it to my wife by show, t- telling her that I was going to have my kids on the pedal. That's kind of fun. See, now we're going to have to talk because either I'm going to have my Bibster logo on there or possibly Paul the Cat, who happens to be sleeping next to me every time I podcast. <laughs> I could probably get – That's awesome. Well, I've, I've, I've almost had um, – because I've had some uh, – another guy interviewed before, Fox Chiro, uh, Pedal Toppers. He was going to uh, – he's maybe a few and. My wife was always talking about him having make me one that looks like Paul the Cat for one of my boss pedals. And I'm like, I would do that, but I don't know how well it would look. But painting a pedal with Paul's face would be hilarious. <laughs> and again, I could sell it as, yeah. honey, it's the cat. It's hilarious. <laughs> well, what I always do is because in the very beginning when I started doing the art, it was kind of like a hit or miss thing. So mm-hmm. what I started doing was just doing like a digital like mock-up or digital proof I could send people first. So that way they can approve it. Mm-hmm. Um that way I, I don't waste the time making the pedal. They're like, well, that's not exactly what I pictured. It's like, um, here's the proof. Give me yes or no before I print this because I'm not printing it until you tell me we're good. Oh, yeah, exactly. And so I think that's the one picture of like the duck hunt you have is like the proof from your uh... – Yeah, I just actually tonight posted one of a finished see, one we'll also. See. We'll see that one. Oh, yeah, that, there it is. Yeah, that's, that is cool. I mean, I said yeah. if you get a chance, you've got to check that out because it literally looks like you're playing duck hunt while while playing guitar. What a win. What a win. Um, so do you, you know, obviously your delays, your next one, do you kind of have an idea on what your next uh, limited edition run is, or you just kind of kind of play it by ear? Through, well, you... uh, I have two more coming out soon. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them I'm actually working on with RJ, my, my buddy from, from our podcast, just I surprised me. He's also from Telly Talks, mm-hmm. which is something about talking tellies with Twang. I know you guys said it last time, but I yeah. always mess it up and he always gives me crap for messing it Telling, up. <laughs> talking t- Twang telly talks. I don't know. I, I knew he was doing something because I made the com- I made the joke about apparently right now every if, if you have a podcast about guitars, you ha- you like you have to get a custom pedal made. And he like started giggling and I'm like, I know something's up. <laughs> yeah. Me so. and him are working on on one. He sent me a design he likes and um I, I just gotta finish getting the circuit board. Um you know, done in my layout editor before I can order it, but uh, it should be pretty cool. It's going to be, you know, around his his theme in general, and then mm-hmm. of course with my 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 touches on it. Um, another thing I'm doing right now is uh, I'm working with Adam Rohr from the Let Him Hear podcast, and we're doing a guitar for guitars for glory giveaway where anybody who um, 
buys anything from Cars for Glory or donates to it or there's a oh or can write a 500 word essay and send it to him. Uh, they they're entered in and there'll be a giveaway pedal. Of course, it's going to be one of my martial laws with with custom art on it mm-hmm. that we're going to do to try to raise for that because that's that's a great organization. They um they do a lot to get guitars in the hands of people who can't really afford them or musical gear in general in places around the world where you know uh, worship's taken just don't have the the funds i'm uh I'll, there'll also be a link to the guitars for glory and down in the description i just popped it up on the old google machine um but yeah so there'll be a link to that so if you're interested in any cool stuff like that or getting involved in that that's cool that looks like a really cool uh, organization i think i've heard of them before i can't i can't for sure yeah, say, but i think it's been i follow them for a long time and they mm-hmm. make they, I mean, the guitars look great too i mean they, like they'll take old guitars and they'll just like bring them back to life like That's they'll cool. just they'll take them apart all the way apart and then just reset them up you know refinish them relic them and make them look great too and then they they uh you know they send some out and then they sell some to raise money for the charities as well to donate uh, i just i just love a, a place that uh, you know puts its money where its mouth is <laughs> mm-hmm. oh exactly you know it doesn't just say oh, we're going to do something and actually does, you know, makes a difference versus just being kind of like, you know, just using words. Because you, you see that a lot nowadays. And people are like, well, we're going to do something important about that. And you're like, are you? Or are you just going to talk about it and put a post up? Yeah. Well, that's one of the reasons I love my church so much. My church gives at least a minimum of 51% of every dollar that comes in goes to missions. I, I, I want to say last year they sent out like $3.7 million in missions. So like, it's just incredible to see that kind of money, mm-hmm. you know, helping, helping people in the rest of the world that, you know, don't necessarily have the same luxuries we do here in America. Yeah, exactly. And it's one of those, like our church. Um, Hey everybody, we've had this before. We're going church talk. So sorry, not sorry. Um, <laughs> I, I had a uh, Dan from guns and Gu- or not, yeah, guns and guitars, YouTube page. And we like, we just went, we went after it. But, uh, yeah, our church is the same way. We actually just got done having one of uh, we working with. Actually, that's like really close to home because like my family's gone on the trips and we're planning on going. Where there's an orphanage in Mexico that they, I mean, like they literally a couple years ago started building an orphanage and now like they started. They were supposed to wait a year to start having kids and like three kids showed up and now they have like fourteen <laughs> and oh, wow. like they still only have like because they weren't basically they were. They weren't ready, but you can't, you know, you're not going to say no to kids. So it's like, yeah, there's 14 exactly. in like a three bedroom house, basic. I mean, it's, it's crazy how they do it. and they, they're being successful about it. It's really cool to see, but yeah, it's that same thing of like what we can do. You know, it's like you could, you could help, you could help so much out, you know, it's so easy and it's not really like what we think is like, well, that's not much, you know, like that's not much to give in, in the right, in the right, in the right organization's hands and the right people's hands. Cause you know, obviously there's organizations that aren't doing it the right way, but in the right hands, it could do, it could do amazing things. So yeah, that's cool. So I will, uh, there'll be a link to the guitars for glory thing. So that'll be, um, uh, one of, one of your pedals will be given away in that. And that's yeah, all they the... got to do is, um, uh, the let them hear podcast has all the details on it, but all they got to do is buy, either buy something or donate money and they're automatically entered. I know there's one of these sweepstakes rules where he also can like receive an essay to, to be entered as well. Oh, cool. Um, which I made the joke at the time that, uh, I hope somebody does it like as Hodor from game of Thrones and just types Hodor 500 times. 
<laughs> that's that's the, like the variety there. We we're just talking about just, now. Let's talk Game of Thrones, everybody. <laughs> yeah, if, if it was me judging it, you'd probably win just because I appreciate the comedy in that. I like the you're like you made me giggle. You win. <laughs> there was there was some I remember some YouTuber was doing that where he was giving something away and he like literally like at the end of he's like honestly. If you would have just said something stupid, I would have given it to you because that makes me laugh. So the next time he yeah. tried to do it, everyone was saying stupid stuff. And he's like, I'm going serious this time. But, yeah, that's cool. Um, That'll be neat. So, yeah, that's the Let Them Hear podcast. I've been noticing I feel terrible because I should be – there's a lot of podcasts out there. As, as someone who makes podcasts, I know that. Like, So I've been seeing his podcast come up, and I keep going, ooh, I should try and get into that. And then I'm like, oh, crap. Like, one of them's going to have to go. Sorry, guitar nerds. Um, But – um. <laughs> I know what you mean. I have so many podcasts to listen to and no, not enough time. And somehow, like, uh, and I know this is sad. This is a sad statement, but I'm a Miami Dolphins fan. Mm-hmm. So that's a hard life. Um, I'm yeah. from Miami originally, so I'm, I'm still living in Florida. I'm just in more northern part of Florida now. But uh, my whole life I've been a Dolphins fan. And I listen to, like, eight different Dolphins podcasts to get my news every day, <laughs> which is, is terrible because it's just they lost again or – you know, they have nobody on their team. And then last week they signed Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'm like, uh, it's, it's like sadomasochism. To listen isn't to it? This well, isn't their game plan? I was listening. I was, we have a local to tank. Uh, yeah. I said, I thought, cause there, there's a local uh, ESPN uh, show like that's out of like where I, in the same town that I work. And they have one of the, for the one of the guys on today, it was a big Miami fan. He's like, well, we're, we're supposed to tank. And I'm always thinking, I'm like, what a weird concept that that's like the idea. Like, don't worry, yeah. don't worry, everybody. We're gonna be terrible. We'll get a really good well, draft pick. <laughs> if if that's the goal, I think they're on the right path. <laughs> Although, you know, honestly, they've tried so long to put something together just by going out and spending big money and like it never ever working. Watch like this somehow magically work, <laughs> or it like, just works, or or it works just enough that they don't get that sweet draft pick. Oh, <laughs> you know that I know already. That's what's gonna happen. It's but gonna they. Be- they have cleared like just clearing bad because like they've they've been signing bad contracts for years, but mm-hmm. they've cleared like I think they're gonna have like a hundred and forty million in cap space next year, so at least they're gonna have some money to play with, even if they don't get a decent draft pick. So I don't know. I I just to the point now where I'm ready to like give up like my I know like start of training camp I'm gonna be like oh I think they're gonna do it this year, but as of right now I'm at the point where I just feel like. Ugh. I don't, I'm not going to do nothing this year. Yeah, get my like, hopes up. You're like, I can't get my hopes up, but I know I'm going to. Every year it happens. Oh, every it happens. Like, okay. I, I tell myself every year I'm not going to, and then I do it anyways just because that touches life. Well, and that's that's part of being a sports fan. You know, that's part of being – no matter what you're into, you're like, I'm not going to get super into this. It's like guitar players trying to say – now, I made a commitment. I, I accidentally leaked the words out earlier this year, and I said uh, – me and my wife were talking about different – actually, it's probably more finance stuff, and I literally said – I think I'm happy with my tone right now. And she looked at me and she doesn't play guitar, but she knows like the importance of that statement. <laughs> and yeah. she's like, she goes, wait, well, she's like, would you say that again? I'm like, no, I'm not going to say it again. Cause you're going to record it. And you're going to like, hold me to it when I'm like <laughs> going, I think, and I go, well, my pedal board's set up in a way that I can't fit anything else. And for what I play, oh, I it's probably fine. I haven't changed my pedal board in like six months. It's been crazy. It could just be cause I'm leaving it at church and refusing to bring it home. Mm-hmm. Partly because I don't feel like carrying it, and the other part because I don't feel like changing anything else because I know it sounds good right now. Mm-hmm. But the crazy part is, I think I'm satisfied with my guitars. Like that's the, that's that's the other one. That's, that's scary. the crazy one. Like I, I'm kind of wanting like, and I'm a lover of all things budget gear. Like we go through my gear, and I'm, like I've had some friends that come like, "Man, you got a lot of guitars." I'm like, "Yes," but every one of them is like 
Like I have a lot of squires, a lot of squires, and a couple. I mean, I'm gonna like because I'm a guy who's like, well, I could have if I could have one really nice guitar or like seven sorta okay guitars. I'll take the sorta okay guitars because I like to tinker around on them anyway. And so I'm I've, the, I'm I, the exact opposite, and I have this conversation with Will and RJ over mm-hmm. and over again. Yes. I I I I was up to one point to like twenty something guitars, and then I liquidated everything down, and now I have like seven really nice guitars that I'm like happy with. Finally, mm-hmm. um, I know it's still probably I could liquidate them down even more, but I mean I don't I got everything covered that I yeah seven's about the right number. Just, you gotta have I mean you gotta you gotta cover ones all your I've bases. Always wanted in love. Mm, yeah yeah you can't have like I love Ibanez Talmans like the mid '90s Ibanez Talmans. Mm-hmm. Uh, something about that guitar in general just it it touches me and uh they're not expensive either um i mean i have two of the most expensive models they made and they're only like 800 bucks mm-hmm. yeah now but your advantage too is that with i mean with having get, what, oh sorry you're cutting out a little bit hang on a second oh sorry uh, oh no it's okay i thought I you were love skype oh yeah skype for the <laughs> win i mean i'm not saying anything bad about skype because it'll cut the, it'll cut the call completely but um <laughs> i mean skype is wonderful great great lords of skype um but yeah, I mean, and I've had that discussion too with some with different guitar guys, and there's I totally see your idea, and I think if I got to the point where I kind of slimmed down, but my more problem is I've gone through weird phases and like deciding I want to learn a different instrument, like not that I'm giving up on guitar, but like man, a banjo would be kind of fun. So then I got a banjo. Have I learned to play the banjo? I've like got about a month of learning in over the course of five years. <laughs> so. Oh, I just I just got a six string banjo when I got one. <laughs> it was super easy. It's just like it's like playing a guitar. Yeah, well, I actually I started off with I tried to get I got a banjo lately because I'm like it's a ukulele. This is so stupid easy and yeah. like hilarious. And then I'm like this doesn't work. Like it, it, it's fun. I mean, it's actually really kind of fun and makes a cool noise. But yeah, I totally was like, well, I want a real banjo, and I got it. And I was like, all the intentions I was gonna play banjo, and I'm like, this is really hard. And I'm still not that good at guitar, so I should probably get better at that. And then it was like, I mean, this for my birthday this year, my in-laws were like, what do you want? I'm like, how about like a rogue mandolin so I can try and learn mandolin? <laughs> uh, I and, learned I learned how to play mandolin and um, I actually got pretty decent at it. But it's funny because I have his hands, mm-hmm. like my finger like to fit in those tiny little frets was like the funniest thing ever to see as it just it did not want to happen. But I, I did it. Yeah, I'm, that's my yeah. that's, so that's I, I, I love the band flogging molly mm-hmm. and like i learned every one of their songs on the mandolin because yeah. i uh, i couldn't just help i just had her just over and over mm-hmm. yeah and that's what i mean i kind of got i'm like i'd be kind of fun to have and then it kind of like encases like the closet of bluegrass that i have off my gear room that's like well i can always i can always play something goofy here if we ever want to do something funny like we're talking about um easter at church and we're discussing doing run devil run we're um, doing ain't no grave we're 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 doing that. I think that's on the well. It's supposed to be on the list. But if we do run, run, devil, run, I'm gonna try and get my skateboard uh, lap steel that I built. Oh, that'd be sick. It is well. The problem with it is it's super noisy because it's completely ungrounded. Because there's a pickup that I got, <laughs> a pickup that I got free from a music store. Like I walked in the music store. I'm like, hey, you got any old pickups? Like I'm like, I'm building this project. I don't want to spend any money on it. And the guy's like, well, we got this old, and it was like a, it was a really old Samick with a super twisted neck that's got some old electronics. And they're like, literally, he's like, if you take this, take out what you want and bring it back. We don't care. I'm like, sweet. And so I put this pickup on it, which makes noise, but it's not grounded because I haven't grounded it to the all thread that is the bridge. Yeah. But it still makes noise, and it's cool. Like, I run it. 
I, if I run my noise suppressor enough, you don't, it's not too bad, but I want to learn to like, I'm like, but I don't know if it's churchable yet because it would be hilarious. Like when I whip out a straight up skateboard oh, yeah. and then, what? <laughs> yeah, it'd be hilarious. But like, it's the same thing. I'm like, well then maybe I just need to get like a cheapo lap steel so then we can do this one song one time at church. Probably should not. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to, for ain't no grave. I got a, uh, it's like um, what's it called a, a Dobro resonator type guitar. Yes, I'm gonna play that. I, oh. I got it tuned down to drop B. Oh yeah, like open B, so, so I can like do all the slide parts on it. Mm-hmm. it. It's gonna sound great. Oh, that is that is awesome. I'm excited. We did it at our our youth group. Um, we um the guy who's he's also like our user, our worship leader, and he's all he's like our intern, and he's really like crazy good voice. And so he was like the one week I showed up, and he's like, "Well, I'm gonna do Ain't No Grave, but I can't figure out." The guitar stuff, and I'm like, well, I'm like, I'm pretty sure I can probably play it, but um, because he and he was using multi tracks, so it didn't really matter as much. But uh, yeah, we did it, and I'm like, dude, I want to do this every week now. Like, it was so much fun, and I'm like, if we brought all the instruments and we actually had this like going for real, like we could let loose. I want to let loose on this song so bad. <laughs> they um, we did a a king and country song. Uh, what's it called? Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but we brought an entire drum line from the local high school over to play with us for oh, the song. That would be so cool. Uh, what was the name of that song? Was it the one uh, that they had like the drum line when they when they did it on tour? Yeah, it's in the live video. They they started yeah. on there all playing like different pieces of percussion and stuff, mm-hmm. and like it's got this cool like snare part, tack it to tack it to tack. So like they the worship leader wanted to bring a drum line in, so he brought an entire drum line in. Uh, the, the crazy part though was they weren't on click and everyone else was, and we were running a track. Ooh. So Ooh. when you use like a field, like stadium drums inside of a like enclosed church, yes. with no. No click, it, it gets a little dicey. Yeah. I was going to say, cause those snares, like I used to, I did uh drum line in high school and those yeah. snares are stupid loud. And when they, and when they slap or when they smack them, it's like, or when they do like a, a rim shot, it's like straight up like a gun going off. Yeah, we had four snares, two like of the uh, well, they I call them quads, but they had six drums on them. Yeah, and then they had two bass drums and three cymbal players. So I mean, oh, it was Lord. loud. Oh, good. Yeah, we used to. I remember yeah. when we were in drumline, we were notorious for we would always uh, set off car alarms. Like that was our goal. Like we were, we'd be doing, yep. we'd be like practice marching in the school parking lot, and we know the cars had alarms and just walk by them and pop, 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 pop. Like you're walking by the band directors looking at us, knowing. We're not even playing in time. We're just trying to set off car alarms. Like that's the other thing. That's you funny. guys let a group of drumline guys in a church. Like I know people get saved, but I was on drumline. That's a wild bunch. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> no, it was it was it was fun. That's it was, awesome. It was interesting. Yeah, that but is. But yeah, no, I was in marching band, marching band all growing up too, through school, high mm-hmm. school, middle school, college, all those kind of things. Um, but we had a huge, huge band. My school had like ninety five hundred students. Oh, good lord. Um, yeah, it's a Miami. It's a big, big, big. Like in Miami, the two things that were like important were were football and then the band. Like the bands would like battle each other in the stadiums. So like it would be like whatever like rap song was popular at the time. Like one sideline would play it as loud as they could to the other sideline. Then the other sideline would play it back at us as loud as they could. And it was like a game of horse, but just with like tubas and, and drums. <laughs> So it's exactly like how Drumline made it look. Because as an Iowa boy, like that was not how it happened at all up in this part of the world. Like the only thing that would happen is once in a while the drumlines would get a little like we would always try and like be cooler than the other drumline, but that never really happened because it was like whatever. But yeah, that that stuff that stuff never happened up here. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well. Uh. I. I 
it was I was in high school in the late nineties and I graduated two thousand mm-hmm. just to give you like a time frame. But like um Trick Daddy he actually went to my high school for a couple of years before he graduated from Northwestern. So like we were in like our we were playing Northwestern in the uh in the Orange Bowl at the time before they tore it down um for our uh our what's it called a uh, district game I guess. Mm-hmm. We were going we were, we were going we went to state. We actually beat them. But like we started playing his song like the shut up the womp 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 womp, womp in the Orange Bowl and like he actually stood up cuz he was at the game in the middle and started like rapping in <laughs> That's it was awesome. ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's nothing. Crazy. The, the only thing we ever did cool was that we may have had, there was like this group of, like we were at some big band competition. And there was this other band and they had some guys that like brought their own lightsabers. So like they were those kind of band kids. <laughs> and our drum line decided, hey, let's like, let's screw around with these guys. And so they ended up like getting in a full like lightsaber fight that ended up with like both bands watching and That's possibly awesome. like we us, like we basically broke all the stuff and then we were like all right see you guys later and we left we we're like oh it was so d-. I, I'm like, i was going man we were such jerks to everybody like we walked around like yeah. coolest kids ever man we're like no oh yeah yeah we were all swag too like because that's that's right before the university of miami which was a 2001, 2002, 2003, and 2004, like basically kept winning all those national championships back to back and was like swag you all over again. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, band, band was a cool thing back down in Miami. Like, I don't know what it, I know it seems like the band nerd everywhere else, but down there it was, it was kind of fun. Yeah. I miss it. We had, I think, 16 tuba players. Oh, that'd be awesome. I mean, for us, it was just a wall. At our school, like the drum line was cool. And I, I don't say that just like as being someone that was on drum line, like we did a pep assembly once. And um, it may have been on homecoming. This was after we all skipped school to play in the school all day, um, and then got kicked out by the principal. But uh, we were he <laughs> he did a like our, our our lead snare guy could do a, a thing where he could he put his hand over the snare or put his hand over the stick like kind of across the across the rim, smack okay. it with the other smack it with the other stick, put his hand out in the traditional position. That's because we played traditional, and it would land if it landed, and he would try and catch it in his hand and play. So we're in front of the school. And we're like rocking it out, like I mean, everyone's going crazy. And he smacks it; it goes like twenty feet in the air. He puts his hand out; it lands right in his hand, and he goes right back into the rhythm. I mean, we all thought we were going to die. The school—I mean, it was nuts. And then, That's awesome. We walked out, of course, being being the little like super cool kids we were. When we walked by the principal, we all looked the opposite way. Like, at, like we'd look forward, and then as we walked by her, we'd look down because she had kicked us out from playing earlier in the day. Then the the cheerleaders come out, and everyone sits down, and it's like dead silent. <laughs> I was like, oh, my. I remember being like, we we're like, oh my gosh, that was so cool. And looking back, I'm like, yep, that was like the highlight of basically all of our high school careers, right there. <laughs> but our, it was, our drum line was was the class clowns. Oh, that was that was also us. I mean, I remember once because we had the uh, the acoustic tile ceilings mm-hmm. in our band room, and like there was a, it was I mean it's a big room. It was probably like you know two stories tall, like twenty something feet tall, mm-hmm. big room with tiered like the steps going back, and then in the back corners there was a drum room. And then there was like a lower brass, like, and then like bass guitar room. But the drummers, I remember one time we were playing and one of the drummers somehow climbed up into the ceiling and then he went behind where the director was, pulled a tile out and then just mooned the entire class through the ceiling. (laughs) Uh, Everyone erupted out in laughter. And then by the time the band director looked back around, he'd already put the tile back down and climbed back down the back. (laughs) See, that makes me happy that it wasn't just like our, our school's drum line that was morons. I mean, like. There was one, the, we had like our, you know, every, and the worst idea for, for any school building 
is do not give the drummers an area where they can close the door by themselves. Because exactly. we had we had a drum room, oh. and they took one of the the standing tom like legs that was knurled, and this kid literally chiseled through the wall, like <laughs> just bored through the wall. Because when I it was it happened the year before I when I was a freshman, I'm like. Why is there a big hole in the wall? They're like, oh, Adam last year decided to chisel through that. And I'm like, oh. And then they're like, oh, why does our, our, our regular bass have a big hole in the side of it? Oh, our concert bass has a big hole in the side. Well, the same kid last year built uh, basically a crossbow out of the wood blocks and sent, a good, and sent a drumstick flying across the band room and it went into the bass head. Oh. <laughs> like, and I'm just going, yep. Like, I mean, our, yeah, like, I wouldn't. I never would leave my bass or my guitar at school. I'd always take them with me every day. Even I don't care how heavy it was. I carry that thing home because I was not leaving it there because I knew if I left it there, it was going to be destroyed the next day. Yeah, I I say that as one of my youth kids currently has one of my guitars at. And so he's claiming it's locked up in his choir room so he can play during like their their free time because he wants to learn to play guitar. And so I was like, here you go, check this one. And then the other last Sunday when I saw him, he goes, yeah, one of my buddies like took the like took the cable for a couple weeks, and I was like. Did you did you hit him? Like I would have hit him. Like I'm sitting there in my head, like don't be, don't freak out, don't be like I need that guitar back right ah. now. I need everything back right now. Like this kid's learning to play. It's gonna be go okay. But in my head, I'm like, you. He took the the cable for three weeks. Like, are, did you punch him? And he's like, well, why would I punch him? Like he took the cable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was just no. Like, I let one of um because I was off this weekend that just passed for my dad's wedding, and then next week we have like another. Um, like traveling church that's going to come in and, and play. And mm-hmm. then the weekend after that, I'm going to Disney for the week. So I'm going to be off again. But uh, I let one of the other worship leaders there because he was playing electric and he doesn't really have very much rig set up. Mm-hmm. I just told him just use my pedal board and the amp that's there. And then I let him borrow one of my guitars. And like every day I think, oh, I hope he's got the guitar taken care of. I hope he's taking care of the guitar. Because it's, it's one of my favorites. It's, I mean, it's, it's one of my least valuable ones, but it's still worth about nine hundred bucks. Oh but yeah, like, and you're just like, uh, it's it's uh. it's a nineteen ninety five Ibanez Talman, mm-hmm. but it's the TC eight twenty five, which is the Bigsby model that came in like the blue like flake sparkle. Oh. Um, That's and it took me forever to find one of those because they only made a certain number of them. So like, oh yeah, it's really really rare. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I know he's gonna take care of it though because he he knows like me like. Everyone there knows me that I take care of my stuff, so they all take care of it because they know that if they don't, it's going to be a, yeah. a reckoning. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, it's going to be a, the great awakening of you. Bah! <laughs> yeah, I mean, typically, I'll, I play two guitars mostly. I switch back and forth. I may have a bunch more, but the two I play the most is my um, – I have one of the Ernie Ball, James Valentine uh, Ball Family Reserve models. It's mm-hmm. the ivory and gold one Ooh. that they only made 92 of. Um, it's, it's sick. It's got the roasted neck with the bound fretboard, the – coil tap on the humbucker for the neck and the active boost uh i, I love that guitar so so much and i thought like i was gonna hate it because it's like the maroon five guy guitar like a signature model but mm-hmm. it, it's an amazing guitar um it's either that or my paul reed smith i play like a p22 it's got the piezo in it and it's got the um the what are they called uh the prs pickups the humbuckers that uh i can't remember the 57 57 yeah. weight or something like mm-hmm. that it's got those pickups in it. It's got like you know the the birds got a ten top with the charcoal burst. Those are my, my two favorites that I play more than anything else. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, I also got more Ibanez Talmans. I got the reverse offset with the mini humbuckers and the lipstick in the middle. I've got another one that I've got, taken completely apart. It was a four twenty that I'm rebuilding, and I actually still have my first real guitar. Now I have my first actual guitar, which is the one that I got and stood in front of the mirror with. 
Uh-huh. But it's not the one I learned how to play on. The one I learned how to play on is in 1995 or 96 uh, Fender Jagstang in the Sonic Blue. Um, I told you I was the Nirvana fan. I was so saying, the that second was... that guitar, the second that guitar came out, I went and bought it, and I've had it since 1996. I've never not had this guitar. That's the only one I've ever kept forever. That's cool, and that's you know that's kind of a cool. Especially when that's when you first started on. You know, I have my my like first acoustic I started on. It's just like a Dean acoustic because when I bought when I started when I decided to play guitar, it was I was with my buddy at Guitar Center, and I'm like, I think I should learn guitar, and he's like, okay, and he like basically. <laughs> Him playing guitar, and he was, I mean, he's not that he's bad, it's just, he was like, I play metal, and that's basically it, so, like, he's like, well, I'm like, I'm like I should probably get an acoustic, and so he's like, well, Dean's a brand, of course the metal kid would look at the Dean acoustic, <laughs> but. Is just, it, was it shaped like a star, and had, like. No, 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 it's, like, it's actually. Like, flames airbrush? No, it's actually, it's their, like, regular looking guitar, it's actually, oh. really, it's really nice, it was like, I mean, it was a decent, it was perfect for a starter, because it was nice enough to be decently put together, but it wasn't super expensive. But it's like I've been playing it for a bunch, and it was what I started leading worship on. And I noticed, like, oh man, I'm probably gonna probably end up playing through these frets because they're already starting to wear in a little bit. And I'm like, and this guitar is not gonna be worth a new refret. I'm gonna get something different so that way this one can always be my first guitar, and it can always be there. So that way I have it versus being like I played through it now. It's I can't even you know I can't even pick it yeah. up anymore because of how wore out it got. But, but yeah, it was the it's same funny thing. Be- because when I got my Jagstang. I had already put another guitar on layaway at the time, right before this one came out, because this one hadn't been released yet. It was mm-hmm. something they were talking about. But I had put down one of those Dimebag Daryl ones with the <laughs> yellow lightning bolts that came out. And it looked like it had been airbrushed at like a, a carnival or like a flea market. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but luckily, <laughs> luckily, Fender released this model. I, I took the down payment back off that one and said transfer it over to this guitar. And I ended up getting this guitar, which is it's a made in Japan Fender. Mm-hmm. Um, about... Five years ago, I had it refretted, so it has brand new frets on it now. Uh, I went stainless steel frets on it. I oh, put yeah. like the vintage Fender style locking tuners. Mm-hmm. I swapped the pickup for a twisted telly in the neck and a Seymour uh, Duncan uh, JB in the uh, bridge. I all put new, brand new CTS pots, new Switchcraft switches. I um, rewired the switching because I didn't like the typical Mustang, which was the out of phase, off in phase mm-hmm. for both pickups. Yeah. So what I ended up doing was I made the top. Um, the top selector, a bottom um, because it's a humbucker single coil. Yep. I made it where it's either a series, um, a parallel, or split. So that way, it actually is much more functional now than it ever was originally. Yeah, the like, oh, I want to be out of phase or in phase, but I got to remember if I have one the wrong way, it's screwing up all the time. Oh, the worst part's when you're playing and you hit it to the middle position and then it just goes off and like <laughs> you lose every bit of sound. I'm like, this is terrible. Who does so the same thing with Mustangs. If I ever get a Mustang, I'll I'll do the same thing. I'll just rewire it. Yeah, that's a good way. To, that's a good. That's a good. It's uh, a good idea. Yeah, I. And so that was kind of when I I got into guitar. So I bought that one and then I started playing. Actually, I started playing Rocksmith a bunch because I wanted to learn electric. And I thought, well, this might be a decent way to learn. Like, I got an Xbox already. What might as well like do this? And so then it became just a collection of like, ooh, hundred dollar electric, hundred dollar electric, use fifty dollar electrics. And then all of a sudden I realized, oh, crap, like I kind of want a nice one. So that's when I started getting a little bit nicer stuff. But now that I have some nicer stuff, like I'm, I like gravitate towards the like subpar stuff all the time. Like, man, I could like buy this pedal or I could buy a Squire Bullet and like have another guitar to look at. <laughs> <laughs> Which is Well, it's funny because like about nine years ago, mm-hmm. all I had was that one Jagsing. That was the only guitar I had. And mm-hmm. I didn't even have an amp at the time. I just had that one guitar. 
And uh, I ended up buying a Gretsch, like from Musician's Friend, when it was like marked down to like six hundred something dollars new, one of like the fifty four series ones. Mm-hmm. And uh, that guitar turned into every other thing I have right now because I just kept trading up and oh, trading nice. up and trading up and trading up. And then like every once in a while, I trade down to like five or six different guitars. Like, mm-hmm. so I traded that one. I traded that Gretsch for like a Les Paul Studio Fifties issue. Which was, you know, worth a little bit more. Then I ended up trading that for an American Standard Telecaster, which I ended up trading for this custom guitar, which I ended up trading for like two other cheaper guitars, which then I ended up trading those up for more. So uh, somehow I ended up with like, I don't even know, like fifteen thousand dollars worth of guitars from like one that started with six hundred bucks. Yeah, that's, that's over a, over nine years. That's a, that's a good way to do it, you know. I mean, there's and, a, and amps like uh, amps too. I, mm. I've had so many amps since then, but I never actually put cash into it. It's all just been trades. That's that's awesome. That is that's kind of the that's kind of the way to do it. Now, does your does some of your stuff from your pedals is that kind of like oh this is gear fund because it comes from gear or is that like no we have to this has to go to this has uh, to go I, for lights. <laughs> every once in a while, I will. I mean. A hundred percent of my paycheck goes to bills. Like yeah. I don't take any of my paycheck for for gear related stuff at all. If I do ever just want something and I do like a big sale and I have a little bit of extra, I might buy a pedal here or there if I want like a certain thing like that I don't make like something digital. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the electro harmonic stuff, for example, like the the octave generators or like my I use an even tied uh, tie factor for my delay just because mm-hmm. I like to have the presets. I mean I, I have a Wells also for like ambient and stuff but mm-hmm. when i want to do like presets and switch between quickly it's just so much easier to have the digital on that one yeah but um as far as it goes uh most of it just goes right back into getting supplies to build more pedals um nice. even then upgrading my tooling um now you were talking before and we or got... like we go on vacations oh that yeah kind of stuff. <laughs> or vacations that's also good um you were talking before about like that people told you to raise your price just for kind of our own reference and maybe my own um what is normally like if I called and said I want a custom or you know I want one of your pedals in with a custom design? What would that normally run me? And is there is there a waiting list you have to get on or how does that work? Uh, typically, like what I'll do is I'll limit the number of pedals I sell so that way I never get over like a four to eight week period. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, since everything's custom and it's all made by hand from scratch, I you know my, my, everything comes in the enclosures come in blank. I prep the enclosures to get rid of any kind of imperfections in the material, sand them down smooth. Then I primer coat them. I put my paint on by, you know, each, I put multiple coats of paint on. I apply the art. Then I actually, uh, you know, clear coat over them with like an automotive grade clear coat. They're like, they're, they're rock, rock hard. Mm-hmm. Um, then I build my circuit boards up from scratch. Either if it's one of the, the printed circuit board ones, which I'm trying to convert over to eventually, um, or if I do them still the old style way by hand, everything's built from by scratch. I have all my components set out in tons and tons of bins laying around. I use all top shelf stuff. You know, I don't, I don't, I won't use anything cheap or, or that something that's not, you know, going to be within like a certain percentage of, of what it's supposed to be rated at. Uh, I've, I've switched over to buying everything from like, you know, reputable retailers, where I can, or reputable suppliers where I can get my, my parts from, and I know they're going to be good and I know they're going to be compliant and I know they're going to actually give me the values I want. Um, not break down. I've, I've upgraded foot switches to be more, more solid sturdy same thing with my jacks um everything's everything's i try to use the top of the line stuff now but i mean it's all hand wired hand assembled the circuit boards are made from scratch Mm -hmm. so i mean when you get something it's it's not something that you know i'm just slapping together or having someone pre-assembled and send to me and i'm building i'm i'm taking the time to build the entire pedal by Mm -hmm. hand and it's just me i I don't have anybody else that works with me i just do it all myself because i i really love doing it and i kind of just 
want to put a quality product out there because mm-hmm. I don't want it coming back to me where I have to fix it. So, oh yeah, I, I mean, I do, I do fix anything. If anything ever goes wrong, I guarantee it forever, but mm-hmm. I don't want it to come back. So I just try to do it right the first time. So that way it does happen. But, um, it, it really depends on, on what people want. Now, um, most of my single pedals are going to range anywhere f- from like a hundred to a hundred and like eighty dollars range. Um, those would be like your single overdrive, single delays, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it really depends on the complexity of the circuit or like rareness of components. Like sometimes you know components can be super expensive if you want like you know vintage transistors, germanium stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Where there's just not a lot of it available, and I got to hunt it down on eBay, and then you know I'm paying a pretty penny for it, so kind of. It bumps the price up if that's the case. Or some circuit boards are just massive, like Klon circuit boards, for example. Um, I do my pedal called the Special K, which is – it's my take on the Klon. It's got the, the traditional Centaur gold circuit with the mythical clipping and all that kind of stuff. But then mm-hmm. I added a couple things to it. Um, I made a foot-switchable bass boost because the Klon itself can get real thin and kind of trebly, which makes sense since it's based on like a treble-style pedal. Um, so I added like – uh, instantaneous fat mode. If you kick that second foot switch on, it'll just beef up your tone and give you like a nice kind of bass to go along with the, the treble of the drive itself, mm-hmm. as well as like a um, a three ba- like a three styles of, of uh, clipping. You get your you know your traditional Klon, you have like a modern silicone, and then you have like an ultra compressed style of clipping. So you can kind of really sculpt it and make it sound like different pedals, but it still retains that basic Klon um way it reacts and you know kind of that basic clon tone but you can kind of shape the gain and then you know shape the the amount of bass you got in it as well mm-hmm. um but that, that that'd be one of my higher price ones i think i'm, I'm doing those right now currently at a buck 65 is what i do those for plus like custom art you know and then if people want i have a custom knob maker who makes knobs for me and she actually is out of florida also but they were making them uh for everybody and i guess they decided that they just didn't want to do that anymore but somehow i talked them into still making them for me so that's that's amazing because i was not looking forward to losing losing out on that because they're just incredible custom knobs so what clear knobs in any type of color with swirls glitter finishes you know glow in the dark all kinds of stuff that you just can't buy anywhere else oh yeah that's awesome i mean when you the price that you said you're like that's what i more expensive ones i'm sitting here going huh that's still like That's I mean this is nope. what's crazy is that's cheaper than like what people I mean that's a truly a boutique pedal at not boutique prices. <laughs> yeah, fully handmade by yeah. one person that you know will speak to you directly and like you're not talking to a sales team. You like when people message me like they're talking to me. Like yes. I'm walking through the build with them. Like I want to get to know each person. Like you know I I ask them what they like, what they're into. We end up having conversations. It's kind of like I want to give them that that level of you know. Hey, I'm here for you. You know, yeah, I want this to be your pedal. Like, yeah. I don't want this to be a pedal. I want this to be your pedal. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That's cool. And then, um, my duels, you know, they start in like the buck, probably about a buck seventy-five up to like two twenty-five, two fifty, um, depending on what you get, of course. And then I can do triples. I can do quads. I can do five in one box. I mean, that's the other thing is since everything's custom built. I don't have to worry about a template. I can basically do just about anything except for digital programming. That's one thing I just don't do. Yeah. I don't do d- digital programmed pedals. Yeah, that's that's a whole can of worms that is more than just uh, – there's a, there's a lot going on in there. And I know from some other pedal builders that I've like talked with or like been researching and stuff, and you see when they've gone to a jump to digital, like 
it's a not just like, a, oh, I went digital one day. It's like there's a big, you know, it's kind of a big step to have yeah, to do. There's a big, a big computer aspect to it where you got to learn how to program. And that's just something I just don't want to get into yet. Um, I try to stay away from most modulation also just because the circuit boards are massive and like so much can go wrong. And like if it's not perfect since a lot of it's like light based or LFO based, you're, you know, you can be chasing like chasing little like demons all over the circuit board and like it just at some point isn't worth it when they can get a pedal that's similar for so much less expensive that i'm like look you'd be better off getting this i mean like i'd love to sell you something but i don't want to it's it's more of i don't want to deal with this one it's 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 going to eat up so much time that i'm not going to be able to get to the doing stuff for other people well and modulation is a really tough effect anyway because a lot of what modulation does to the sound is a very fine line between ooh that sounds cool to what in the world or, is that exactly you know it's like yeah. oh that is that I is like overdrive. <laughs> yeah and that's what i mean I look, i'm looking at my board now and i got a lot of drive and it's like a little bit of the other stuff to be like oh, okay i need to color this on a little bit but yeah it's modulation is a very fickle like and if you do too much of it you're like whoa oh what is that like that sounds that sounds terrible and you're like oh yeah and then but this, the, the yeah. weird part with with the way sound is is it it goes from the like oh that sounds good to the, it's terrible to then that like like that new era where people like when it sounds so weird and goofy yeah. and like modulated yeah. and and it's like they're like man how cool that sounds I'm like what is going on there like there's not that's not even your guitar that thing's just making up random noises which some of them do <laughs> but yeah yeah no I always like I'm like how are they making that sound mm-hmm. like. Like, like I'm like, oh, that's interesting. But see me, I love overdrive. I love distortion, fuzz, preamp style pedals, boosts. That's that's my wheelhouse. And not to mention, it's just it's a whole learning curve with the with modulation. Like I don't want to just copy something to have to learn again. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You don't want to just like copy someone else's thing. That, oh. Like drive base, like that. Hang on a second. Once Skype I finally got goofy. my pace going. I don't want to. Oh. Hang on a second. Skype's acting all goofy again. Okay, is it crashing out? Yeah, I'm gonna put a marker at like 103. I'm gonna cut out the last like minutes. It... So you're talking about the modulation pedals, okay. or like they're kind yeah, of a, yeah, kind of a difficult you thing, gotta... learning curve. Well. it's it's not necessarily as difficult as that I haven't learned it yet and it's different. Mm-hmm. And then um, it's something I'd have to invest a bunch of time into learning. And I just have a lot of builds that I got to get done because I don't want people waiting forever. Um, you know, I, I, I try to keep if I tell somebody a certain date, I, I want to be done by that date. I don't want to go longer. And most mm-hmm. people are understanding because I've had a couple situations where I'm waiting on a part to come in that I had to order something rare mm-hmm. and it gets held up in customs and for the most part people are understanding but i i don't want them to have to be understanding i want them to get their pedal when i told yeah. them to get their pedal yeah that's a um, good point. i'm good about being up front though i'm like hey this might take a little longer because i got to order this from this place but and you know as usually if i'm up front with people they're cool with that but you know i don't i still don't want it to take that long i'd rather tell them it's going to be eight weeks and get it to them in four that way they're excited oh yeah very very I mean, that's like that's the opposite of what you normally see in like today's like shipping and getting stuff sent to you. It's like, oh, it's half the time. What? <laughs> so, but yeah, um, Joe, we've been going for like an hour. Yeah. I just realized. No. <laughs> um, so kind of a recap, oh, wow. quick. Yeah, I just realized. Uh, um, so we're gonna put links. So your new podcast is called "Just Surprise Me." Is that it's, it? Uh, just, yep, yeah, just surprise me. 
It's myself, RJ uh, Smith from Teletalks, and Will Lahue. Um, he's of the hashtag Lahueing craze, where you kind of just slide a pedal in from the side, yes, with the, with like a deadpan look on your face, yes. Um, <laughs> other than that, he he likes to say he's of nothing, but he's also a beerman. He delivers beer, so that's always that's a real American hero in my books. Yes, that's very true. True American um, heroism. <laughs> but yeah, uh, the, the basis of of the show is basically we each bring a topic to the table. And there and just and it just goes from there. So there will be links to the description what's, in there. What's like a video game, like a non game? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, it's, uh, Skype's being stupid Oops. again. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, it's cut. Yeah, it's I'm cut gonna out. I'm gonna uh, we're gonna be links to all the stuff in the description, Joe. Uh, we're gonna cut things off here because I said Skype's being all dumb. We're gonna try and have you on again, Joe, if that's cool. Um, because that was a lot of fun, and we'll talk yep. more marching band, and maybe maybe we'll talk pedals again. I don't know. Nice. Um, but for Bibster Talks, bye.